Let's go here. Welcome to the show, Pat. Yeah, why don't you quit the legislature and join something like this? It's uh, very calm and it works smoothly. Yeah, it's laid back and fun. Why don't you? Let's go. I'm rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1227. January 18, 2024, 48 degrees was the record high on this day. That was in 1891, and it was 36 below on this day in 1887. Hail the flashlight, King! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiro. State Representative Pat Garofalo is sitting across from me. Oh, you were a little late to that POS electric carriers that start. Right off the bat. Right away. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, it comes out <laughs> swinging. No, I deserve it. No, I was working my private sector job and had to take care of some things. That uh, uh, Has it been starting in this cold weather? Yeah, yeah. Your car. It's just, yeah, but what happens is... What, do you get about six blocks and then no, you got to take it home no. again? No, it does It does reduce the range, but yeah. no, but it's nothing like that. I mean, if you're driving a couple hundred miles, you'll yeah. have a problem, but yeah. for... Pat, uh, you shocked us. Well, maybe maybe it isn't entirely a shock. It was a disappointment, as far as I'm concerned, or a sadness. You're leaving the legislature, what, 20, 20 years? Going to call it 20 years? Yep, yep, 10 terms. And you're leaving? Yes, sir. Why? Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. It's funny. I remember the last time I was on here, you asked me, you looked at me and you go, so are you going to run again? And I looked at you and I said, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you just gave me this look like, listen, kid, I got a perfect bullshit detector and I know that you are <laughs> not, you're not doing it. It's like, you just, you just like, like you play poker or not? No, I don't. Okay. Cause I feel like I got a good poker face and you looked at me like you are so full of it. Like, no, you, you've made up your mind. So no, it's uh no, I mean, I've done it for 19 years. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoy learning and discovery. Mm-hmm. I like making a difference. It's cool. Um, but it's just, you know, politics is not a marathon. You don't run till you're exhausted and collapse across the finish line. It's a relay race. You go, you sprint as hard as you can, uh, as fast as you can, and then you pass the baton to someone else. And it's just time for me to pass the baton to someone else. But we're, we're running out of rational human beings. Uh, doubt's done. You're done. Uh, we still have Marion O'Neill. Uh, I can't think of, uh, well, the Republicans have not made a strong showing. So I, I'm hard-pressed to name a great many of them. Well, I think, first of all, we've got a pretty, in the House of Representatives, we've got a pretty good freshman class this year that I think will do um, good things in the future. But I do think your general criticism of what's happening in both parties, as you are certainly seeing more and more um, polarizing and extreme elements that are dominant things. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's more important than ever, like who people vote for is their own business. But we, until one of the political parties calms down, you need divided government. You, Mm -hmm. You have, you can't have one party in total control or else you get the, you know, like, and, and it happened states where Republicans are in total control. You see this, but in Minnesota, we've seen, the left-wing freak show does take over, and uh, 
it's it's just it's bad for Minnesota. It can't be having Minnesota's strategy be that we're going to be a cold version of Illinois is not. Um, that's not something that's going to serve us well. And hopefully, um, the next election, both uh, state and federally, however it turns out, people see that there's there's wisdom in having checks and balances um, between the two parties. The financial uh, irresponsibility in the last session was astounding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> I think that's an understatement. The uh, they blew through the surplus and raised taxes. And it's not enough. No, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. Uh, the governor just announced a new, uh, what, an infrastructure bonding plan. And he always comes in uh, under a certain number. He'll name it like $982 million, knowing that it'll be a billion five by the time you're done. I, I, we've spent a year on this, and you're aware of that. And uh, I, I just look ahead, and I wonder, is there any hope for the state? And, and I'm going to suggest that you probably are going to tell me there is. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm always try to be an optimist, contrary to <laughs> my tone comes across sometimes. But, I mean, you know, I'm 52 years old, and I've spent my whole life saving and building a nest egg. And mm-hmm. so the older you get, you start getting more concerned about threats to your nest egg and things that you've you've saved money for. And there are certainly a lot of threats on the horizon, both um in the state of Minnesota, but also nationally, internationally, mm-hmm. we've seen that how these things um, can spiral out of control. And I'm, I'm, I'm very worried. It doesn't mean like uh, I'm building my bunker. Although I found out last weekend that one of my cousins actually moved to a bunker. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, oh, <laughs> but, he literally uh, built a bunker. No, he's just he's got like his compound out in central Montana. Yeah. And, I got I to gotta admit, it sounded kind of, he's got good internet. I don't know. It sounded kind of <laughs> nice. But um, so, no, I mean, I do worry about the state of Minnesota because, you know, it's, it's these things don't happen overnight. They, they decay. And it's not like um, the prosperity Minnesota had in the past has been continuing. We have been for um, an intermediate period of time. We've been in a state of decay. We've been mm-hmm. stag- best case scenario. We're stagnant. Mm-hmm. And that. That concerns me because these things, they pile on top of each other. Look at the, you know, the history of what Detroit used to be. Right. And look at what St. Louis used to be. Right. And it just took a couple of bad decisions by some bad leaders to dramatically change the course of those those areas. And Why so, don't you throw in any city, the closer you get to the uh, country's tallest buildings, that is led by the radical left? Look at downtown San Francisco. It doesn't exist anymore. It, it just, it blows me, it, 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 it's, it, sometimes it's, you know, you don't want to be conspiratorial, but you look and you just wonder, well, like, go ahead. <laughs> no, but like you look at it and you go, you're not running again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Listen, I, I, like you look at a place like San Francisco and California, like that state has every single advantage from a natural resource, from mm-hmm. a climate standpoint. And it's still the, the cultural and technological center of the Western hemisphere. But they are just bleeding people and money. And on a smaller scale, we're doing the, the same thing here. And it, you can't help but wonder if, how do you look at these, the negative effects of these policies and not realize that um, you're causing destruction? And how could, it, how could it not be deliberate? But this is, a, this is a consequence of polarization, right? Is that in a hyper-polarized political climate... People just kind of believe what they want to believe. I can, I can. It's easy for us here in Minnesota to highlight the the far left extreme and 
the damage they're doing. But we can provide examples of other you know, parts of the country where Republicans are in total control and they're off the rails. I mean, down in Mississippi, what they do, they gave... How much money did they give Brett Favre? Oh to, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, you, you've got examples of uh, of that, but the, the most important thing is for for Minnesota's future and really for the nation's is um, to have divided government. I know that doesn't sound particularly sexy or exciting, but good old fashioned diversification, disbursement of risk is what Minnesota needs right now, and it's. Um, it's, it's pretty concerning when you look at the horizon. You know, Minnesota doesn't, we don't have a deficit. We don't have a projected deficit. We have a structural imbalance, mm-hmm. as if though our fiscal problems are a marketing problem right. as opposed to a math, <laughs> a math you know, class, classic Washington, D.C. speak. And, uh, you know, regardless of who gets elected and whether if, if we're able to return, return Minnesota to divided government next year, uh, that is a the next budget is not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the blue sky scenario. That's mm-hmm. assuming there isn't going to be. How much of that weighed into your decision not to run? Uh, tough questioning. Uh, I think it was, it, was a, it was a part of it, but it was a small part of it. The big thing is, is that, you know, being a legislator, and again, I don't, I don't want to come across as complaining. I, I, there's many aspects of the job I love. I enjoy meeting people. If I wasn't a dopey legislator, how would I get to get on this program and have you give point. me have you give me shit about my car? Right. <laughs> so, so I I mean I really do I do like aspects of it, but especially in this era of twenty four seven social media, constant criticism, constant craziness, uh, it it does wear on you, and it's it's actually harder on a spouse, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's just nineteen years. I just felt like that that was the primary factor was uh, it was just time to. Uh, move on now. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I'm a network engineer, but I do know that I want to. I want to be involved. I want to make. I want to be a positive contributing. Well, member are you of employed? You have a job? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I'm a network engineer. So I've, right. I'm one of these odd ducks who you know for 19 years has worked two full time jobs. I've worked mm-hmm. as a legislator, and my private sector job. And something I've said before, you know, like my dad is the hardest working man I've met on the planet, and he's. It's so hardworking that I've worked two jobs for 19 years, and I still feel like I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but see, that leads me to an important question. I know the feeling. A, 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 two-part, a two-part question. You working uh, the two jobs, didn't that give you a sense of balance, that you, you were bringing something to the legislature that many of them could not bring? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The second part of the question, how big a problem is it? I, I know the answer. I mean, I don't care what you say. I know the answer. How big a problem, I do care what you say, I'm kidding. How big a problem is it that the legislature continues to attract people who have never done anything except pine to be in the legislature? Uh, it's a, I'll take it in a more general sense. It's a problem that you have fewer types of people mm-hmm. in the legislature. So we've always had in, um, lawyers, teachers, retired people have always been, you know, recently have been overrepresented at the Capitol. That's always been an issue. But now that's sort of the, the professional politician who makes their mortgage payment because they're a state legislator. Mm-hmm. That is becoming more prevalent. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's more prevalent on the DFL side than the Republican side. But that is a problem because you have sort of an activist class that when they go through their activist training and their... Um, uh, you know, organize, community organizing stuff. No one teaches those them. are jobs. No, but but no one teaches them the skills of 
here's how you compromise. Mm-hmm. Like, here's how you, oh, wow, yeah. like, this is how you work with people so that there's win-wins and you reach negotiations. It's more a binary choice of you win an election and then when you're in, you do what you want. That's why, you know, as shocking as last session was, it really, in hindsight, shouldn't have been a, a surprise to everybody mm-hmm. because you do have this sort of, despite very, very narrow majorities, just a very um, left, hard left, hard um, trained activist class that, that's running the legislature. But, now. And that's all they've ever done. Right. I mean, government is for many of them, their temple. Right. Right. And the, in for, they look at people like me and others as the Pharisees in the temple. Like mm-hmm. we don't belong there. So that's mm-hmm. why the end sometimes justifies the means. And of course I'm, I'm not generalizing every single DFL or here. I don't want people to come across that way, but there is a decidedly harder left, farter Far, farter. farter. <laughs> yeah, you said a, farter. Yeah, it was a it was a farter left session too, but a, a farther left bent mm-hmm. of this that we have not seen before. In the past, there's always been a debate about Minnesota being center left or center right. Like every uh, every two or four years, it's only in 2023 that the case was made that Minnesota needs to go far left, hard left, more Ooh. like an Oregon, a, a California, or an Oregon or um, Illinois. And that's the that's the concerning part because what historically, contrary to public opinion, what Minnesota's best asset has been historically is social cooperation. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that doesn't mean to, in government's just one of those tools, but that whether it was in government, outside of government, or private sector institutions, faith based institutions that we socially cooperated and worked towards shared goals. Mm-hmm. And we are regressing to the point where not only are we not good at it, we're actually getting, um, we're getting worse than other states at it. Were you surprised at all or have you been surprised by the behavior or the, uh, the positions of the governor? Uh, yeah, I have been. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when he, you know, you flashback to the first time that he ran it's not like i was a fan of a dfl or getting elected governor but of the choices that were out there it looked like he would be the one that would be most inclined to have pragmatic instincts right that he, well, he I would thought so but i think that's what a lot of people thought um and regrettably for you know for whatever reason you have to ask him he did not he won't come on with this I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> well, no, I mean, this is, this is you get, again, in our, and I, I, I say that in a, like, in our self-selecting media confirmation bias world where people hear what they want to hear, right. um, he has gravitated towards an environment where he surrounds himself with people that, right. um, that tell him what he wants to hear. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's a, a problem that's affic- afflicting more and more leaders, political and otherwise, in our society. And so he doesn't have, you know, it's it's not it's not fun to be Tim Walls outside the seven county metro area. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't dispute that. He didn't even campaign outside of the seven county metro area, and it turns out he didn't need to. Right, right. Um, which is, you know, it's it's bizarre. But I just, you know, I would like to think that. If I was in a similar position of that, that I would have the self-awareness to realize I was doing it and to step outside my comfort zone. Because I've done that as a legislator. So, I mean, I would I would like to, I would, I, the governor would serve the state better if he tried to include more people in the decision making and, and 
represent more people besides the far left, hard left mm -hmm. of the DFL. It, it seems clear to me that that's who he represents, the hard left. Yeah, and whether that's out of political necessity, uh, political convenience, or maybe that's who he has really been. And he or could just, it be political aspiration? Oh, I, I mean, and that that could be part of it as well. I mean, I think he, I think he desperately wants to go back to Washington D.C. Then we've um, got to warn the nation. <laughs> well, in what capacity? I, I don't. don't yeah, no, no. But like he, um, you know, you're in, you're in. Everyone in Washington D.C. say what you want. They don't. They don't really do nothing, you know. Yeah. They raise money, tell people what they want to hear. Yeah. When something gets bad, blame somebody else for something. And uh, again, that's a throwing rocks at both parties here, but it's true. I mean, we have a we have a two trillion dollar deficit this year. Mm -hmm. Two trillion. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen because one party did it, right? <laughs> right? Uh, they're, they're, so, and these that sort of unsustainable behavior is, you know, the consequences to this are coming to fruition. Uh, when that's going to happen, I can't tell you, but uh, math can be very unforgiving. Right. Can you stay with us through another break? Absolutely. How's your garage door? Is it working okay? It is now. All right. I hope you got a hold of Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. If, in fact, you needed garage door help, your new garage door guy, you get the entire family. Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. They don't charge more for weekend visits. They keep you up to date on what they're up to. When they're an hour out, you get the call. You get the text. When you're 30 minutes out, you get the call. And then they get there and they get the job done in one visit. They take care of everything from springs and rollers to the opener. And if you need a new door, they've got you covered with a brand new garage door. Put their number in your contacts. Uh, we have... Uh, begun to realize that the garage door might be the most problematic thing that actually moves up and down in your house or back and forth and up and down and needs to uh, be ready to survive the winter. Call Precision Door MN at 612-263-6985 or go online at precisiondoormn.com. Does advertising on GarageLogic work? Listen to what Pete Arnold from HirePro has to say. My results advertising with GarageLogic have been absolutely outstanding. GLers understand my business and what we do and how Joe vets anyone that advertises on here. That level of validation and trust has helped me with a 6 to 1 ROI for my commercial spend. This group is amazing and using GarageLogic for your company's advertising will generate results. If you'd like to get results for your business, visit GarageLogic.com and enter keyword partner. That's GarageLogic.com keyword partner. You know, the investment game can be awfully tricky, especially in these volatile times. And that's why you need the best and also somebody that you can trust. And that's why I rely on Josh Arnold. We know him as Mr. Money Talk around these parts. And he's here for you. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute no-obligation consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Josh has been at this a long time with a track record of success, and he's here to help you. So give him a call today. No obligation. That's right. No obligation. It's absolutely free. 952-925-5608. And tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. It's Rookie not, does. Let's not and said we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can do it. 
This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. You know, you talk about cleaning up politics. Let's oh clean God. up the house and your carpet and your air ducts and your furniture. <laughs> Zero rest to the oh, rescue. Zero rest. What voice was that? I don't know. I just invented a new one. Uh, but I'll tell you, I know who speaks for me. When it comes to carpet cleaning, and that's zero res. They've been in my home. I hope they've been in your home, and I hope you have seen the magic that zero res is. The zero res, gotta love it, guarantee backs up their work. They've got over 17,000 reviews. They got a 4.9 Google rating, and they have employees that will come in, get the job done quickly, but more importantly, efficiently. Uh, the zero res, gotta love it, guarantee is fantastic. However, right now, even better than the zero res, gotta love it, guarantee. Is the price you pay this month. Tell them the rookie sent you, and you want the rookie special. That's three rooms, zero resified, starting at just $119. And what about those air ducts? Do you know what's in there? Absolutely not. So don't risk it. Take 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts zero res clean. It's easy to remember the phone number, 9520-RES. Zero res has been with Garage Logic from their beginning, and they're still here right now. 9520-RES. Or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com. That's ZeroResMinnesota.com. Tell you want the Rook special. Is Garofalo Italian? Yeah, it's Garofalo at the morning zoo. Hey, yeah. let's go. <laughs> that's 9520-RES. Yeah, yeah uh, it is Italian, yes. Now, you, you tell us your father's the hardest working guy you know. Is he still with us? Yes. What does he do? Well, he's retired now. Well, what but what did he do? So, uh, worked on cars, worked in uh, warehousing. Again, had, you know two jobs. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm the only guy in my family that doesn't work on cars. Okay. So, uh, Oh, you couldn't work on that thing, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just teed it up for him. And then, uh, and then uh, my mom, uh, for most of my childhood, was a stay-at-home mom, and then she when got older, you know, took jobs, but she that's where the, uh, that's where the independence comes from. She always taught me to be my own person. She's still alive, everything. She's actually coming back from a cruise uh, tomorrow. So she, uh, no, so I'm very blessed to have had a, you know, Hardworking dad, have a hardworking dad and a mom who taught me to think for myself and be. Are you close to them? Yeah. yeah. Do you have kids? We do. We have two uh, adult kids. Uh, one who just got married last year, um, and then our uh, daughter's going to PA school. So they are positive contributing members to society. Were you a Farmington High School kid? No, I went to Rosemont. Rosemont. Yep. All right, but raised in Farmington? Nope, nope. Was uh, I was I was raised in the. I was born in St. Paul, over by the fairgrounds. And then when I was a kid, we moved out to the Bermuda Triangle of the South Metro, right. where Lakeville, Apple Valley, and Rosemont all right. meet. And so went to Scott Highlands Middle School and then Rosemont High School. All right. Knowing you were coming on today, there was a few uh, tweets I saved from the governor, and I was going to get to it before the <laughs> break um, because I know how full of you know what a lot of these tweets are but i'd like your reaction on this one in particular this is from about an hour and a half ago governor walls tweeted minnesota is a hot spot for new businesses we've hit six straight months of job growth and we're attracting investments from across the country and around the world the floor is yours i i hope that's true well i mean first of all there's a nationwide the economy because again we're we're borrowing two trillion dollars a year. I would certainly hope that every state is growing. Um, Minnesota's got a lot of things that are that are going for it, um, but there's a lot of things that are that we're swimming upstream against. Because I would say there, I know business owners personally that would dispute what the, the governor. Let well, me just go down to Grand Avenue. 
Right, I mean, we, we just, they announced today that, um, well, I shouldn't Tavern tell you. on Grand. Okay, well, you said it, not me. But, yeah, the, yeah you know, I mean. You can say it. There's yeah, no I mean, secret here. Yeah, I mean, go down to Grand Avenue and see what's going on there. Nothing's um, going on. It's disappearing. It's it's sad. And, you know, the, so Minnesota continues to lose population via domestic migration. Mm-hmm. More people are leaving Minnesota to go to other states than to come here. And that's the ultimate measurement of uh, whether a state is doing well or not. Now, I believe Bright Health Group just announced this morning that they are moving to Florida. Well, and there's and there's a lot of factors that play into this, right? Like culturally, we um, the we're just getting less tolerant to cold weather, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And so, sure. if if cold is the enemy, then Minnesota is the front lines <laughs> of it, right? And so, so that's a it's a there's a lot of factors that play into this, but. Uh, I, I come back to the the term I used before with social cooperation. That's what made Minnesota special, right? Is it didn't matter um, where you were from or what your political ideology was. We worked get together better to ha- to achieve shared goals. Think about like when Rudy Perpich was governor. He you know he charter schools were started in Minnesota mm-hmm. in in opposition to the established teachers union. Same thing with open enrollment. These were reforms where we said, you know, this is what's going to be good for kids and good to society, so we're going to do it. And increasingly, Minnesota has been lurching towards a place where there's less cooperation, more confrontation, uh, mimicking uh, other states. And that's just not a... I'm sorry, but copying Illinois is not going to be a successful strategy, and it's not a successful strategy right now. No, and they're and, in terrible debt. Right, and it's not. This is not a. This is not a matter of public relations or advertising. That's not like. It's not about rebranding deficits as structural imbalances. That's not the issue. Uh, the issue is you're having continually more interventions into the market, more uncertainty. Um, you know, this one of the things that's going to happen this year is it's going to be a correction session from all the stuff that got screwed up last year. Can uh, that happen? Will there be corrections? Well, there has to be some stuff because I have a, <laughs> I had a, a small business in my district send me a picture of their time clock, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say their name or anything, but on the time clock is yeah, you'll notice your benefits are different this year. Well, that's because the government now has mandated sick time, right, and family which, leave. Well, family leave doesn't hasn't gone live yet. Right. That, that one's going to be really painful. But the, yep. the sick leave one, and the result is the inflexibility of it. Before employer, this employer was like, "Hey, we're just going to give you a PTO. You use it when you want. If you're sick or not, we don't need to find out." You know. Well, now the state has injected itself into that relationship, and now um, because for accounting measures and regulations, these people have reduced benefits. And and in, in this letter in the time clock, he's like. Listen, I, I know your benefits are worse, but you got to pay more attention to who you're voting for. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty blunt assessment. And th- there's businesses out there that have no idea that's happened. You know, the sales tax in St. Paul now, I think, is up to nine. It's going to be nine point. I think it's nine point eight percent. Yes. Uh, which the, you know, um, so there's just a there's just more and more pressure get, being put on a smaller and smaller tax base. And if if, if you kind of want a, a preview of coming attractions. Um, if you kind of you want to know what's happening in this volatile political environment, I would tell people to look at what happened in Duluth last year. All right, where the <laughs> apparently popular incumbent DFL mayor uh, has all the right adjectives, all the right support from the right groups, got challenged by a more mainstream Democrat, and just 
blew her out of the water mm-hmm. uh, in a multi-term incumbent. Emily Larson. Yeah. She couldn't get the streets plowed, for example. Uh, among other things. Right. Um, uh, I visited Duluth and was kind of shocked about the the state of it. And it doesn't, you know, at some point, people who work for a living just lose um, patience with the cost and incompetence of their government. Mm-hmm. And everyone has a breaking point. And by any, by any measurement, whether you're focusing on public safety, education, cost, energy reliability, energy cost, uh, there's several factors that are trending away from Minnesota. Now, does that mean everything sucks all the time? Well, no, of course not. But that uh, that lack of social cooperation and more of a focus on uh, um, appeasing sort of the, the, the political coalitions of the left is taking a toll on Minnesota. When does the session begin? Uh, uh, February. Are, are you anticipating there will be social cooperation, or are you anticipating this is just going to be a really another difficult session? Um, I think the first thing we got to do is we've got to get the school resource officers back in the schools. Mm-hmm. You know, these um, um, law enforcement presence in schools that provide mentorship, support, and security in districts. Um, either accidentally or by design, the, the, the far left does not, they do not want a law enforcement presence in schools. They don't mm-hmm. view that as a positive thing. And that has to be fixed. Now, People are saying the right things, but whether it actually happens or not, I don't know. But like that's something that uh, requires uh, cooperation on to to take place. Um, you saw the governor, you know, despite all the money that got spent last year and despite all the spending, he wants to borrow another billion dollars, and <laughs> it's just, I mean. As Margaret Thatcher famously said, eventually you run out of other people's money. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still, I mean, government's got a lot of money laying around, and you got the people in control of the purse strings up there like to spend money, and they want to spend more. But this, this is all, this is all setting up for a post-election uh, surprise where the budget situation next session is going to be. All these temporary programs, every single one of them, they're going to want to make permanent. So mm-hmm. speaking of that, I know you're outgoing, but uh, or you're, you're you're not going to be seeking another term. Do you still get a an, uh, an office space in that new seven hundred million dollar building? We're <laughs> no memorial. Do you get one? No, I don't. I, well, who knows that that amount, the amount of money they're spending on the the new uh, state office building. Uh, maybe I, maybe they'll have like an alumni center that's or something criminal. like that. <laughs> that, that <laughs> alumni <laughs> center, Pat, Pat. That's criminal to do that. There's plenty of office space around. You know, that th- that space needed to be remodeled. Mm-hmm. And I would be the first person to tell you that, like, from a security standpoint, one of the things I don't like is in in that building when you're a legislator, you are sitting with your back towards the crowd. Mm-hmm. And that's just, in this environment, it's not, you, you, so that's got to be changed. It had to be remodeled. But to blow over $700 million on it, and I know all the excuses for historic preservation and, you know, you want to have it match with the Capitol grounds and stuff. I, it's totally unjustified, and, but unfortunately, it's par for the course. Right, right. Uh, you're a network engineer, is that the term? Yep, yep. <laughs> what, are the, what does that entail? So when your computers all talk to each other, Right. There's an intricate system of devices that allow them to accurately communicate with each other. I'll see. And that's what I do. So if you were to think of a neighborhood as every house is a computer, right. I'm the guy that designs the streets, the stoplights, 
and well, the road signs that tell things tell things where to go. I like. To so tell you're them. the one you're spying on us, is what you're saying. You're yeah. one of the spies. <laughs> yes. But it's, yeah. it's, it's only for your good, I promise. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, I, I tell people that when, when one person can't work, that's not me. When no one can do anything, that's me and my team. That's what we, uh, okay. that's what we do. So, no, it's, uh, it's the stuff that allows computers, you know, the Internet and everything to communicate with each other. It's, it's, um, it's complicated. It's detail-oriented, but it's rewarding because um, we do allow, you know, allow you to be very productive in your work. If I had trouble with at home, would you come on and oh, fix it at my house? No, he's not. Oh, he's I'm, not. I'm just, well, I always have to keep people you know, on the list. Joe, he's not smug enough to be that yeah. person. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to have some free time here in yeah, 11 that's months. True. So, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I don't know what I'll be doing when I leave but the legislature. As I recall from previous meetings, you're not overwhelmed with a variety of hobbies, for example, right? Well, no, I mean, I just, I work a lot. Right. So, you, I mean, I... Yeah. I, no, I have hobbies. Like helping out friends with their home internet is certainly one of them. That's yeah, that's a hobby. <laughs> Pat, do not give your uh, phone number. No, no, don't do, no. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Are you uh, are you satisfied? That, uh, obviously, the people that you've represented have been happy with you. Can you be replaced by someone who you will find to be uh, uh, a great replacement? Do you think that'll happen? I mean, we'll see who comes forward. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not the kind of guy who. Like, the, the history of the district I represent is very unique because it was the one district south of the Twin Cities that went a majority for Jesse Ventura. Mm -hmm. So not just that he won, but like over 50%. So there's very much this sort of independence-like streak. Um, and so we'll see who comes forward and who runs, but I'm, I'm not one of these guys who wants to pick his successor or something like that. Right. So whoever the people You're will You're not choose. a kingmaker. No, and no. I'm not a king, so I can't be a kingmaker. Right. Joe teased that you were coming on the show, and I did get a question from a listener um, about energy-related issues, because sure. I know this person knows that you're very knowledgeable on that. Uh, ask him about the insane new policies to force renewable energy instead of more efficient coal and natural gas. Nuclear would also be an option, but anyway, the floor is yours. Yeah, so they one of the bills they passed last year is requiring 100% of Minnesota's electricity to come from carbon-free sources. So that um, seems pretty easy. Well, it's damn near. It's I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, if we were a st if we were Iceland and we had the geothermal, or we were in the Northwest and we had the Columbia River with massive amounts of hydro, you can see like, okay, well, here's a pathway to achieving that. Well, in in Minnesota, we it's, it just doesn't the technology doesn't exist, right? And keep in mind that we have on the books a law that says you can't build more nuclear power. So to their credit, they, they count nuclear as carbon-free, and they count hydro as carbon-free. But that, like, you need something when it's not windy and it's not sunny to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. And what is, there's a longer story here, and I don't want to, you know, bore people with it, but when we first started turning on, putting more wind into Minnesota, it actually was a good thing because what it did was we did it at the same time that the fracking revolution was taking place. Mm -hmm. So natural gas got cheap. So we were able to replace some of our coal with more natural gas and more wind. So when it was windy, the fuel was free. And when it wasn't windy, we would just flip on the natural gas and natural gas is cleaner. And so what that did is that actually gave us diversification. So we took down some of our coal, more natural gas and more wind. Well, what is happening now is you've got a group of people who 
don't seem to believe or understand that the farther you are from the equator, the less solar energy you have, mm -hmm. which to me I thought was an established law of science, but well, apparently we're going to have to go back and reteach that. So they're putting, they want to put solar on the grid and they want to shut down all the coal. And what that's doing is you're putting more and more reliance on when it's not windy and it's not sunny, the only thing you can rely on is natural gas. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem because we also use that natural gas, as we just saw last week, to keep us warm. We use an extraordinary amount of energy to stay warm, to keep us alive. And so we are now putting, we're, we're, whereas before we were improving diversification, now we're reducing it and we're becoming more and excessively reliable on natural gas. And um, the people who study reliability, who do it for a living, they're screaming at the policymakers to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, something will happen. The only question is, does something really bad have to happen before they'll pay attention to it? Always. Or, can, or, could yeah. we, or could we be smart enough to say, hey, we're seeing, we've seen this happen in, in Texas with, with um, Winterstorm Uri. We saw it with Winterstorm Elliott. We, ha we, we have to do this. We, we have to maintain diversification and reliability. Um, or you know, does something bad have to happen? Or can we get policymakers to reorient themselves on reliability you the patience you have with the people you work with is admirable oh no i i have fake patience when i'm in public is what i do okay, <laughs> okay. okay good turn, turn the mic off and get me at home yeah. i'm sure some people i know are listening to this going pat garofalo patient now that's funny that's a that's a good one but i mean just you know if i'm you know yelling about it it's not going to do any right. good but no right. but it's it's these are serious serious concerns and the people who study reliability they issue reports and they say don't do this. Don't do this. This is the risk of what happens. When when Winter Storm Uri happened down in Texas, it's estimated that 200 to 600 people died because Ooh. of that. If you if you have a blackout in Minnesota for an extended period of time during the winter. Right. I oh, mean, my word. Okay, you're I mean, We're and, in trouble. Yeah. Right. I mean, and keep in mind, when this happens, it's not like people are mobile, right? Like right. during a winter storm. Um, so this has happened. The people who are the people who tell us this could happen are telling us to stop it, and they're not listening. In fact, now the the, the left is pushing. They want to go beyond natural gas. They want to electrify everything. Right. And that talk about stupidity on stilts. Um, if you um, think about how much more it costs to heat your home with electricity. Than natural gas or propane, just right. the cost alone. Right. Um, so that's 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 um, on the. So thanks, whoever that was that asked the question. I can I've shut up about energy policy now. But like, it's very concerning that we want policies that reduce pollution, reduce cost, maintain reliability, and we are increasing costs. We're not really doing much on the pollution side of things, and we are injecting a whole lot of unreliability into the system. That's just other than that. Ever that yeah. are, everything's just <laughs> fine. Yeah. Play, Mrs. Lincoln. Yeah, yeah everything's just great. Pat, with natural gas, you're talking in the uh, metropolitan areas. Out here in the rural areas, everybody's either LP or fuel oil, and we need electricity to run our furnaces. Yeah, Even it, if you have a wood boiler in the backyard, you still need a furnace to push that air around. Right. It's, it's again, different solutions for different problems. Just like the way, if you're in a rural area, the way that you get water or use sewer systems with a septic system is different than if you're hooked up on a city municipal system. It's just, it's different. And it's not because one is better than the other. It's because one solution is better for that situation versus another. So when they're pushing people to go to this, you know, 
they want to ban new natural gas hookups in, in new hook in uh, new buildings and things like that. It's just it's insane. And, yeah. and again, maybe you can get away with that in California and maybe even in New York. Minnesota is a cold weather state. This is dangerous. Mm-hmm. May we anticipate that you'll join us during the session? Hey, I'll when be you come in for- anytime you guys want. I, I it's, sincerely, I love uh, I love talking with you guys. Very quickly, this came up yesterday. Uh, Johnny, was this in your news that it was announced that New York is sending migrants to the state of Minnesota that were? Oh, what, yeah. I mean, I, not yeah. to open a massive can of yeah. worms before you're going to leave, but how is this going to be a problem? Um, well, it was a problem. It is a problem, and it's growing as a problem. And I want to I want to be unusually careful when I talk about this, sure, right? Sure. Let, let's all understand that we as human beings, we got these lizard brains, right, in a modern society. Right. And we have instinctual defects. And one of those instinctual defects is we tend to be less trusting of people who look differently than us. Right? It's, it's a defect. Sure, sure. It, it, that's your lizard brain. That's the lizard brain. Because because long, long time ago, there was a time where if you saw someone who looked differently than you, Chances were they were going to kill you because they were from. It was a threat, right? But again, those are defects from a different world, and so sometimes situations like this, we those defects can be manipulated. And I want to be very careful. I I don't like it when people use words like invasion, right? And just but that being said, the southern border has been getting crashed for a while now, and these numbers are going up geometrically, and. I, I don't like it when people are treated in a, in a non-human fashion. I didn't like it when the governor of Texas put these people on buses and sent them to all these sanctuaries places, you know, New York, Los Angeles. Chicago. But I'll t- I'll, I will say this. When he did that, what did it take? About three months before all of a sudden all these places were like, Hold, hold on a second. We can't. We can't absorb these costs mm-hmm. in people. Federal government, you got. You got to stop this. And the folks down in Texas and Arizona were like, "Yeah, this is what we've been dealing with." So now, the apparent, you know, part of the solution for New York is they're giving people one-way plane tickets. They're letting them choose, and they're coming to the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. which again, immigration is part of the secret sauce of making America great. But it is a lawful and orderly immigration system that makes us great and crashing the borders and fake asylum claims and um, just giving people free stuff, not letting them work, right? Cause they can't legally work. These are, these are, it's a massively stupid problem. And the problem is the biggest problem is the far left and the far right. They benefit from the current broken system and they don't want to solve it. Mm-hmm. And that's the most frustrating thing. But, wow. But in Minnesota, now, we, if you are here illegally, you can get free health care, right? And the word is out. You can get free. So if you think about it, if you're someone from, if you're someone from uh, Venezuela who's come through the border, you're transported to New York, why are people choosing Minnesota? Is it our warm climate? No, it's free stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, some element of that is charity and we can do it. But when it's an entitlement, this is... And what happens is once a base of operations are set up, now when future relatives want to come up, they come to the same place. But I want to make sure I'm being careful. I'm not like saying, ah, build a wall around you've been, Minnesota. No, you've been careful. Right? I'm, but, I mean, this is unsustainable, and it's a, it's a problem. And this is all happening at the same time that we continue to export more and more wealth out of the state. And it, it's, it's not good. And the solution, it needs to be federal. Um, they need to pass a, a comprehensive immigration bill to fix things that are broken. 
Uh, but it's very easy to demagogue this issue. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, these clowns in Washington, on the far left and the far right, they do it. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. And, you know, few things raises, and, and that issue, just the way Biden has failed to manage the border, that issue alone might be enough to get Trump elected again. Well, essentially, we don't have a border. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but it's... it's uh, I'm uh, there. I'm there. We're that far. We don't have a border. <laughs> no, I mean, if you fly in, there's a border, I guess, I at guess the airport. Could, yeah, yeah, there's but a no. line. <laughs> right, but it's... No, but I mean, it's... And these numbers continue to grow, and it's unsustainable. And I, it's... It, it, listeners, just so you know, I am not like... I, I actually am a much more fun person to be with than it sounds like right now. <laughs> but the... Yeah, I mean, you're available for parties pretty yeah, soon. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, I don't... I feel like I should have like the Edmund Fitzgerald soundtrack in the background <laughs> plan right now. But, the, but, you know, we've got a region of the country that's running out of water, right? The Southwest. Mm-hmm. We've got an unsustainable fiscal situation. We have an unsustainable immigration crisis. And we are seeing very weak leadership. And yeah. the vast majority of America, I agree with the vast majority of Americans, like we need somebody besides Trump or Biden. I wish our candidates were better. So, Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. We'll talk to you again this session. That sounds good. Thanks again Pat for having Garofalo. me. I really do appreciate Thank it. You, Thank you, Pat. You. You'll, Thanks, Pat. you'll be missed in this. Uh, well, you'll still, we still have you for another session. Yeah, I'm not dying. No, I'm not, not at all. <laughs> you see, you appear to be in good health. We'll, uh, we'll return. <laughs> appear to be. How about, how about your mom? It's Thursday. Joe needs to write. How about your mom? Here's the guy that's writing today, Joe Souchere. Wow. Quality liner. Thank you. So it's Positive Thursday. Schoonover's on the phone with us. Uh, Schoonover, the owner of, uh, well, you've heard of it before, right? I, I think you have. It's the official body shop of Garage Logic. Schoonover Body Works in Glass, 1060 County E in. Um, Shoreview, leafy, lovable Shoreview. Mm-hmm. Mike, how are you? I'm good. Good to be with you today, guys. So uh, I think there is hope for the Mikulski genes uh, going forward um, because Gabriel, um, Matthew's youngest son, did something that a lot of us did when we were kids, sunk a whole bunch of money into a vehicle just for the fun of it. Now, I haven't done that in years, but I certainly did it as a kid. Uh, and I think you guys just um, um, wrapped up work on, uh, what is that Jeep? Is it a Wrangler? Yeah, Jeep Wrangler. Is it Matthew or Gabe? Gabe. 2018 Jeep Wrangler. And, what did he uh, have done? Oh, boy. He had a lift kit put on. He had the 35-inch tires. Um he, he he It needed some work, but Schoonover completely covered every angle and i'm telling you i got a detailed list of everything it was poetry in motion and the most fun was the night we went to go pick it up and all the employees are ooh ah ooh cool ooh ah ooh and the taj mahal over there in schoonover uh, just great employees great people to work with and uh it, i can't say enough about uh, I, I, he brought it home. It was all shined up. By the next day, he must have went mudding or something because it was. It looked like he had washed it for 17 years. But that's what he wants to do. So he, Mike and his staff took care of everything. We got some other things that we're working on, but um, it just I can't say enough about the entire experience and just how 
The kid came in the house and he was singing the other day, the, the, the day after. My wife said, was he just singing? He never comes in the house and sings. He's as happy as a, you know what? Thank you, Mike. Yeah, you bet. You bet. We're happy to do that. You know, uh, that picture that you took on Friday night will be the last time that that vehicle looks that good <laughs> based on based on what he said he's going to do with it because uh, – He's got he's got cables on there so he can go uh, go through the trees and through the woods. And oh wait a minute! Uh, he's got a winch on it. Did he put a winch in front? Uh, he he does have one. He just hasn't put it on yet. He lives in the middle of the city. Yeah, but he's going out <laughs> west. He's going out west this summer. He yeah. just bought on uh, Facebook or whatever a four person tent to put on top of. So he just needs to add the roof rack and then he can have the tent up there. Uh huh. I don't know who this kid is. I don't know who this kid is. Yes, off the grid. And I'm sure, Mike, when you guys finished it, you did what you always do for your customers. You put that thing right out front so you can actually see it when you cross over Lexington on uh, County E. Right, you can see it from about a half a block away. The glare. Well, we we uh, we we had to we put it inside so we could in the detail area so it was nice and warm because last week was brutally cold. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Leaping dark out yet so uh but uh but yeah the days are getting longer so joe's happy and and we're happy because then we can start parking cars out two minutes a day mike we're gaining two minutes a day i love it joe i love it well that just proves that schoonover body works uh and auto care and sure if you can do anything for you glers you need new tires you don't have to put what are they 35 inches you don't have to put 35 inches in a lift kit on it you can just get some snow tires that'd be that'd be good enough oil changes glass body work you name it schoonover can do it the official body shop of garage logic schoonoverbodyworks.com thanks mike thanks fellas thanks rookie thanks mike i'll talk to you soon Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. This news brought to you by North American Banking Company. Uh, before we get to news, uh, after that interview, I think it's safe to say Pat Garofalo is just too reasonable and smart to be a politician. He That's is, why he's getting out of politics. He's a GLer, isn't he? Boy, is yeah. he. Yeah. Yep. Nothing out in the left too much, nothing out in the right too much. He's a GLer. In uh, the news, uh, as uh, Pat did mention this, the St. Paul staple will be permanently closing its doors this year, it was announced this morning. Early today, officials with Tavern on Grand posted on social media they will be serving customers until sometime in early June. No reason for the closure was provided. A cabin-themed restaurant known for its walleye opened in 1990. In Tavern's post, they said business was, quote, accomplished with the love and support of our customers, community, and staff. And they said they were thankful to have been like a home to many over the years with memories to last several lifetimes. The exact closing date wasn't specified in the post. Uh, what I read in the St. Paul paper is that it'll be mm-hmm. open till June. And the reasons given for closing are increased prices, less foot traffic, changes in the family that runs the restaurant. Got it. Forest Lake City Council this week decided to part ways with their city administrator, Patrick Casey. He had been there since 2018. The council voted unanimously to terminate Casey's employment contract. Now, they did hire former Lake Elmo City Administrator Christina Hant as interim administrator and interim clerk. Hant is 44 years old. She'll serve as interim administrator and clerk until the completion of a city administrator search. And a new city administrator has been appointed by the council.
No details on why Casey was terminated were included in the statement. Hant, who had been city administrator in Lake Elmo since March 2016, was terminated there in November when the Lake Elmo City Council voted not to renew her contract in that city. Hant had expressed concerns about the site of a new Lake Elmo Elementary School because of issues regarding access to city water. Lake Elmo is the fastest growing city in Minnesota, dealing with a multitude of water issues, including uh, PFA contamination and restrictions on pumping as a result of a court order regarding the water levels of White Bear Lake. Prior to joining Lake Elmo in 2012, Hant served as city administrator in Scandia and village administrator in Luck, Wisconsin. You know what this is like? They're you know the, the they're, they're all part of the club. Right. So yeah. this is like the, the the Twins had a pitcher that went on the disabled list. Let's go trade the Yankees for a guy because we just need to fill this spot for the, for a the while. The city administration deal has become like a super club. Yeah, yeah. that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Are they tyrants? I don't know what they are. Are they the oppressed or the oppressors? Did, did she ask for a ceasefire in Gaza? You know? No, but, well, thank you, Chris. What a lead in. Wow. The Hastings City Council <laughs> unanimously approved a resolution Tuesday night. This is Hastings now, asking President Joe Biden to call for a ceasefire in Gaza <laughs> and to send humanitarian aid to the region. Did they get a response from uh, Joe? Uh, they didn't. And in fact, they say it's a symbolic resolution. Oh, hey, wow. Well, thank you, you know, for doing the real. work I of the people. It was real. Brought forward by the Hastings Progressives Group. They got them down there, huh, Johnny? Apparently, elected bodies in other U.S. cities have made statements about the Israel-Hamas war in recent weeks. Tom Bullington is a member of the Hastings Progressives. He said, I felt like I had to do something, and the closest connection I have to my officials is my city council. I had to make a statement that this is not okay. And the city of Hastings demands a ceasefire. You see the president sitting there, and he, somebody comes up and whispers, oh, "Mr. President, uh, they just uh, yeah. word from Hastings, Hastings sir. Hastings you need to address said. this immediately." My God, <laughs> Bullington said he was pleasantly surprised and encouraged that the council agreed to take up the matter. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately approved the resolution. The resolution also garnered just over. 100 signatures via an online petition. Oh, my goodness. 100. 100. That's right. And they are damn well upset. Was there anything in that petition about not allowing Jews to live in Hastings? (laughs) Minneapolis discussed taking a formal position on the conflict last week, but ultimately decided against it. Uh, Five Minneapolis council members had proposed amending the agenda to tackle the issue, but the council agreed to try to hash out a statement over the next two weeks and maybe vote on it later this month. Wow. Minneapolis, uh, Joe, you talked about ice rinks yesterday. Yes, and I noticed today uh, still no flooding at Groveland. Mm, okay. The Mi- Minneapolis Park and Rec Board says all indoor, uh, indoor, all outdoor ice rinks in Minneapolis will open by this Saturday. Good for them. Dozens of general skating, hockey, and broomball rinks will be offered across 22 parks this year for free public use. The parks will also offer a warming room and lit rinks until at least 9 in the evening. Meanwhile, broomball rinks will remain lit until 10.15 every night. It's the only thing I miss in South Minneapolis in the winter is the sound of the puck hitting the boards. Oh, man. Love that. Yeah, I love that sound. Yep. Uh, 
In national, international news, Joe Biden has a slim lead over Donald Trump in a potential presidential contest between the two, according to two recently released U.S.-wide polls. The surveys are from pollsters Ipsos and YouGov. Both gave Biden a lead of between one and two percentage points. Although a Newsweek analysis of both polls released earlier this month showed that Trump has a stronger showing in swing states. Trump's numbers do dip considerably with voters in the Ips uh, voters, excuse me, in the Ipsos poll. If he's convicted of a felony, his support at that point drops by half if he would be convicted. Meanwhile, that felony issue apparently on the former president's mind. Early this morning, Trump took to Truth Social to rant about the exemption he believes a president or former president should have from prosecution over crimes he committed while in office. In all <laughs> Okay. <laughs> In all caps, Trump writing, even events that cross the line must fall under total immunity or it will be years of trauma trying to determine good from bad. He said uh, all presidents would be stripped of the authority and decisiveness necessary to carry out their duties in office, adding sometimes you just have to live with great but slightly imperfect. The D.C. Federal Court of Appeals is expected to hand down a decision on Trump's claim to absolute immunity any day now. Former president upping his public pressure campaign in that case. Just, if, is any there anything? You, have any of you ever seen Michael Moore's yes. defense no. of Donald Trump? Yes. I was, Moore. I was stunned when Michael I watched Moore. it. It was, uh, it's a very, it's before the 2017 election, yep. but it's now been recirculating and it Michael Moore is a dreadful lefty, but yeah, he, he, awful had Trump, human being. he had Trump figured out and mm. he was, never mind. You have to just, well, you yeah. know what? Okay. Yeah, I may have seen this. Is it about working class, et cetera, yes. et cetera, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I have seen it. I take yeah. it back. Take it John, back. in that uh, statement that uh, Trump made on Truth Social, was there anything in that exemption um, does, would, that would apply to a fake mayor of a uh, made-up uh, city or mis municipality? No, I, I'm not either. sure that he gets exemptions. I don't get I don't any exemptions. Okay. No, not sure. It's going to be uh, fines and suspensions. Yep. Come on. President Biden met with congressional leaders yesterday in an 11th hour attempt to break that long running log jam over his funding request for Ukraine. Little sign of a breakthrough, though, on his top foreign policy goal in the hours after the White House meeting. The bipartisan confab, which AIDS said was designed to focus specifically on Ukraine, came as the president has struggled to convince congressional leaders of the need to provide additional support to Kiev's fight against Russia's nearly two year old invasion. As Biden urges lawmakers to back more money for Ukraine, he faces fresh questions from Republicans over the management of U.S. funds already there. Also, uh, Mike Johnson, the uh, House Speaker, told reporters after the meeting, I told the president, as I've been saying for many months, that this is what we must have change at the border. Substance policy, uh, subst substantive, substantive, whatever. A lot. We've got to have big yeah. policy change at the border. A lot. A lot. Big Newsman defers to yes. a lot. A lot. A lot. Sub substantive. substantive. Boy, he sure is interested in us sending more yeah. money to Ukraine, John. I'm, I'm really glad he's uh, taking care of those people over there. Substantive. Substantive. Rook, i got a show for you. What do you got? It's called The Bear. Oh, I've seen it. The restaurant show. Yes. Okay. Uh, tough second season. I only have two episodes in, but I thought you'd enjoy uh, yes, it. Yes, the first season is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Second, you got to gut through it, and then... 
Yeah. That's what we're doing right now. Right. But I love that's a great series. You're watching a reality show about food? No, it's a, not it's a, a not series. A it's uh, the award-winning James Beard chef returns to Chicago to run his brother's rundown sandwich shop. And then he and meets the love of his life. I don't even know if that's in the cards. May, uh, may I ask a question about the Bear Rook? I noticed it won Emmys as a comedy show. I, 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 I haven't seen it, but my wife watches it, and I asked her if it I'm was a comedy show. I'm not struck by its comedic wouldn't, value. Wouldn't, uh, I would not call it a comedy. But it, it, it won an Emmy for Best Comedy, and the actor, uh, the fellow who was in Shameless also, yeah. won a uh, Best Actor in a Comedy. I, I didn't understand that. It has this going so, for it. One hell of yes. a soundtrack. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Great there's, soundtrack. There's good music in it. Yeah. I need to watch it yeah. at some point. At least Police they're picking fit. up some Chicago vibes, too. They got Wilco in the soundtrack. Yep. And the, yeah. And don't confuse it with the other um, a series, Bear Meat. No. Right. Yeah, at the Glory okay, Hall. Yep. Police officials who responded to the deadly <laughs> school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, demonstrated no urgency in setting up a command post and failed to treat the killings as an active shooter situation, according to a Justice Department report released this morning. That report identifies what they call cascading failures in law enforcement handling one of the deadliest massacres at a school in American history. Justice Department report, the most comprehensive federal accounting of the police response to the shooting, identifies what they called a vast array of problems, failed communication and leadership, and uh, also said uh, that the uh, community officers did not take part as they should have in the shooting. Economic news, the number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits last week fell to its lowest level in more than a year. Jobless claim applications falling to 187,000 for the week ending January 13th. That's a decrease of 16,000 from the previous week. The Wall Street Journal reporting American shoppers spent strongly during the Christmas season, a sign they said consumers can drive economic growth in 2024. U.S. retail sales rose a seasonally adjusted 0.6% in December from a month earlier. That was a larger than expected gain after a healthy 0.3 increase in November. Supreme Court appears likely to curtail the ability of federal agencies to regulate a host of areas that touch on American life, signaling a 40-year-old decision characterized as a bedrock of administrative law that could be in jeopardy. Two challenges before the justices yesterday arose from a 2020 federal regulation requiring owners of uh, fishing vessels in the Atlantic herring fishery to pay for monitors who collect data and oversee operations while they're at sea. But Herring and the rule that gave way to the disputes were seldom mentioned during the arguments. Instead, the justices focused on the 40-year-old legal doctrine known as Chevron deference, which requires courts to defer to an agency's interpretation of laws passed by Congress if it's reasonable. Critics of the framework argue it gives federal bureaucrats too much power in crafting regulations that affect major swaths of everyday life. Two lawmakers have reintroduced a bill that would make the non-consensual sharing of digitally altered pornographic images a federal crime. Legislators renewed a push on Tuesday to pass the Preventing Deep Fakes of Intimate Images Act. It's led by Representative Joseph Morrell, according to the Wall Street Journal. The Democratic New York congressman first authored the act in May 2023, which he said in a press release at the time was created to protect the right to privacy online amid a rise of AI and digitally manipulated content. Congressmen created their respective bills in the wake of an incident at Westfield High School where AI-generated images of female students at the school were circulated by male classmates without 
their consent. Huh. Mm, will that protect me from you guys putting my face on Ron Jeremy's body? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Is there a difference? Sorry. Oh, oh. well, bang, I mean, bang. you know, oh, that part. Yeah, that part. I forgot. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Thanks, Barry. <laughs> Uh, in Flo Florida, a Polk County man is facing felony charges after investigators say his temper raced as a vehicle sped past his house. We've all had this happen, right? According to Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd, uh, investigators say the man threw a beer can at a vehicle because it was speeding in the neighborhood, then confronted the driver about going too fast. The problem with that is when he confronted the driver, he went and got his AR-15 rifle. Oh, oh no. don't, do that. Huh? don't yeah. do that. He went to his house, came out with the rifle, and shot it three times into the air and once on the ground. Deputies say Proctor told them he didn't do it, but Sheriff Judd said there's neighborhood video showing that he did. He was arrested for aggravated assault. The sheriff said, if you're that stirred up, just call us. We'll come deal with it, and you won't end up in jail charged with a felony. My is he, policy is, is jail charged with a felony? Yes. Well, yeah, for discharging. A, yeah. yeah. Uh, my policy a little different. I live on a gravel road. If you're doing 50 to 60, I'm pretty PO'd because, come on, man. Uh, but if you're doing 60 or faster, I'm yeah. impressed. My hat's off to you. Right. That's that's fast on a gravel. What huh? if I'm creeping along there at about 22? Well, uh, as long as it's at night and you have a, a spotlight and you're yeah. shining for deer, that's okay, too. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> see a lot of that at night, a lot of that. <laughs> and one more Florida story. A man taken into custody last week after he was spotted in someone's backyard wearing underwear around his neck, according to the Cape Corals. <laughs> the way I wear it. Right. In a release, police said they, received, pair, why not? <laughs> said they received a call on Thursday about a prowler. The caller explained that someone was seen in their backyard near their deck wearing a gray hoodie, black shorts, and a dark mask on his face. Well, upon arrival, officers found the man, 35-year-old Troy Stewart, in an empty lot along Everest Parkway. Stewart was discovered lying on his stomach between a tall hedge and thick brush near the seawall, apparently trying to hide. The caller's description, police said he was wearing a gray hoodie, black shorts, and a dark blue pair of underwear around his neck. Stewart told police he was running along the canal for exercise, and the underwear was intended to protect his face from the cold. However, Stewart added he had been confronted by two other men, so he ran away and hid. Police said they spoke with the two men who confronted him. They said, no, nah, it's not the way it happened. Another neighbor told officers they had reported two of their plants, valued at about $7,000 bonsai plants, as stolen earlier in the month. He oh. is a suspect. Was he holding a donut? <laughs> no. All right, all right. John, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, time out, then. Yeah, certainly time out. There are no timeouts for Minnesota Masonic Charities. That is for sure, because since 2006, several longstanding charities of Minnesota Masonry, they all got together, created one umbrella organization called Minnesota Masonic Charities, MMC. What's their mission? to continue to promote even greater levels of philanthropy. And through several different events, through several different programs, especially the scholarships, and I want you to go to mmasoniccharities.org 
click on scholarships and learn more about it because the deadline closes February 29th on leap year this year. You can apply right now. There's an icon to click on. But there's all sorts of great stuff. And these scholarships aren't just, Jimmy did a great job. Lisa was wonderful. Uh, Some of these scholarships, when they nominate someone, uh, Minnesota Masonic Charities gives back to that student that nominated someone. It's easy process, and you can learn more about it at mnmasoniccharities.org. If you know a super student that's fantastic and could use a little scholarship money, Minnesota Masonic Charities is there for you. mnmasoniccharities.org is the website, mnmasoniccharities.org. Click around, poke around their website, and you'll see right when you click on scholarships, just what I'm talking about. Minnesota Masonic has given over $13 million in scholarships to date. Uh, there's all sorts of great Selfless Scholar Award winners, but check them out on mnmasoniccharities.org. Not a Garage Logic Town Council member. Here's what you're missing. I can't keep up with the recommendations. Mm-hmm. We've had a we've had a TV dispute this week. It How about True well. Detective? Anybody watch we that? We haven't seen the new one yet. Year one, fantastic. Is that one. Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. yeah. But year three is two cops try to de- de- try to investigate why year two was so. Dear <laughs> 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 one was great, and then the one they have Rachel McAdams and, I don't know. and uh, Colin Farrell, and it was awful. Season two, yeah, yeah. Season two was terrible. Season one was great. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at GarageLogic.com. Oh, Fred, what? Wait a minute. Take two for today's episode. Truth, justice, and the suture. No bear meat at the glory. Hole. Thank you. <laughs> Only. Where is it here? You lost that too? Nope. <laughs> Only because they come to us. <laughs> All the way from Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. From the traveling line. Been there a while. I looked it up yesterday. It's south and east of Las Vegas. Okay. Is there a, is there, is there a lake there? Yeah. How close to and the border? That's the name, Lake Las Vegas. <laughs> yep. On this day. Where do you buy water? Yeah. January 18th. Where do you buy water? <laughs> <laughs> GLers, earlier today, the mayor was a little distracted with his coughing fit and whatnot, and he asked the, the three of us, I don't think you were in the room, Rook, Can you? where do you buy water? I well, said, I, I guess I asked that because I've seen it everywhere. Sure. So I guess I know the answer. You can get it. You can get it at the drugstore. Yep. Grocery store, <laughs> grocery store, Menards, on this day, anywhere you January want. January uh, 18th. In 1849, Stephen A. Douglas, senator from Illinois, introduced a bill to organize the Minnesota Territory. On this day, 118. In 1887, boxing great John L. Sullivan broke his arm in the first round of a fight with Patsy Cardiff in Minneapolis. But the bout continued for five more rounds before a tie was called. Jeez. Five rounds with a broken arm? And that was bare knuckle. That's right. On this day. January 18th. In 1892, Frank Hibbing arrived in St. Louis County to test for a mine 
at the site that would eventually bear his name. And I bet uh, I bet the town is named for him, Hibbing. See, that, good I point. Gotcha. I see what you did there. Yeah. And finally, and I've just I'm having a hard time with this. On this day in 2014, demolition of the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome began. Oh, that's right. Doesn't it seem like much longer ago than that? Ten years? That's ten years only? Look what's happened in ten years. What happened? They started tearing down the dome ten years ago today. It basically imploded on itself a couple times. Yeah. But in that that ten-year span, you got the new U.S. Bank. Yeah. You got your, uh, you got your. Well, Target uh, Field and TCF had already been constructed. The Vikings were the only tenants left in that building. Oh, Poor that's Vikings. Right. Never didn't mind. Have anywhere to play? Yeah, the Twins Field opened in 2010. Correct. And I don't know when uh, the TCF, TCF or whatever it's called, about 09 or 10, 08 or 09, something yeah. like that. Why don't you write a book on some stadiums, Joe? I, I have. What about have. an updated version? Let's cruise the country. <laughs> you know what? That's a hell of an idea. Not for me, it isn't. Oh, okay. This is Candlestick Park. Speaking of that, do you know what I subjected my two boys to last night? What? The entire 1999 NFC Championship game. Because yesterday was the 25th anniversary. No, oh, 98. 98. You know what? I'm calling social services. How can you watch it? Seriously. It was January of 99. How did you watch it? It's on YouTube. The condensed version is on YouTube. You have YouTube. to watch it on a phone? No, on my computer. You realize the government could step in and take those kids away from you, I don't you? As I well know. they should. Yeah. To the point where I'm my wife walked him. into the kitchen. She said, why are you Why are you doing this? I said, I, uh, honey, because we have to go through I'm this gonna, torture Let's report together. him. Let's report him. <laughs> here's, here's the only thing I got out of that conversation. There are TV apps for YouTube. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube on a large television, Joe. Hey, uh, never mind that, John. Go. Those broads Chris that play hockey care. for Minnesota won last night. Oh, another amazing, right. another amazing victory. Do you know who was in attendance in Ottawa? Mr. Ooh. Fun, Joe Anderson and his daughter. Yeah, really. I just, oh, yeah. Cool. I just saw him at the, the airport today. Or did they, they fly? I thought they, they flew. Oh, they okay. flew because he was there, and then uh, the who? gals were. The, the uh, girls P- team. What's the name of the team? PWHL. I think. Well, he's he's a PR person. The yes. Minnesota oh, badass. I did not. Yeah, that's he's what the they're PR called. Guy. Yeah. yeah, the, the badass. Hey, Minnesota Garage Page. Logic is available on the Pod MN app or wherever you get your podcast. The Pod MN app is here to help Minnesotans discover all the great audio entertainment that Minnesota has to offer, including Garage Logic, from news and politics to sports entertainment. Download the Pod MN app in the Apple App Store or via Google Play. Thursday Chop. Nice Chop. Thursday Chop. Oh, they let it start. Shoot, I have to go back to the airport. It is that time once again that we check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic, and now's the time for you to do the same. So do not delay. Do exactly what I did and pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh, and you will always get straight talk. You will never get sugar-coated advice, and Josh is there for you for that free, yes, I said free, 48 minute financial consultation and he's on the line with us today here in garage logic and boy josh am i glad to talk to you today because i'd like to start with two of my favorite things and i know two of your favorite things they are merging forces amazon and baseball so i'm glad to have you on today to discuss this matter okay well before we do we've got to point out a few things joe Souchere has always said that for him 
spring starts the day after winter solstice because the days start getting longer. Right. And if a lot of people have noticed, the days have started getting a lot longer. I'm not going home in the pitch black. And when I wake up, there's just a little bit of light. So that's one of the reasons I love being in Minnesota. Second, for me, spring starts with pitchers and catchers reporting and the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Well, pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting in about a month. And meantime, you know, the Twins are busy trying to bolster their roster. Joey Vito is looking for a place to land. I think when he's healthy, he's one of the best hitters in baseball and is a free agent. But if, if I brought up some of my feelings and suggestions to the Twins on how they should manage their team, they would turn me off. I'm just a fan, but I'm a pretty big fan. One very nice thing, one of my favorite companies, second only to Apple, is Amazon. And I've owned, traded Amazon since just after they went public in the late 90s. They have gone from just a seller of books, records, tapes, and Pez dispensers to a company that is big on retail, big on uh, logistics big on advertising and big on prime and the prime video which will host diamond sports and be their primary partner where viewers can purchase dtc direct to consumer access to stream games for more than 40 major sports teams across the u.s with this deal where amazon becomes a minority investor in diamond sports customers will be able to stream baseball, basketball, and hockey directly through Prime Video. That could cost viewers some extra money and could make it a little more difficult to see games because you have to go through Amazon Prime to see the games, but you will be able to see the games. And if the Twins continue their relationship with Diamond Sports or Valley Sports, that should be a plus for twin sports fans, albeit for a small additional cost. I know a lot of people are not going to want to pay the cost for Prime Video, but I don't know. I've or pay for Prime Video, just pay the additional cost for Prime. I think Prime is a great deal because not only does it give me the availability to sports, right now I can get Thursday night football and some NBA games and NHL games that I wouldn't get otherwise. But now I'll be able to get, guessing, a little bit more baseball, which I love to watch. Additionally, I've got all these great movies and series that come through Amazon, like Reacher, among others. And I get some benefits in terms of shipping. I don't know about you, Chris, or your family. In my family, we get an Amazon box almost every day exactly the same for me josh an amazon box it's got it's better than the you know the music movie the the music man the wells fargo wagons are coming into town and i wonder what that wagon's bringing for me well there's some days it's the amazon truck is bringing some benefits to me but that's what you get with prime i think this is a big big deal for amazon members and could be a positive for the Twins and other teams 
or on Valley Sports or the Diamond Sports Network. So that's that's a plus. And of course, it's an additional benefit that I do believe is going to flow through to Amazon's bottom line. Amazon does report their earnings in a couple of weeks. I do expect the company to surprise on the upside in terms of their numbers. But, and I give the, the but, I expect the company to continue with its conservative guidance, and that could knock the shares back a little bit. So when you buy, if you're buying the shares, don't put in your full position. You can buy some ahead of earnings and some after the earnings, especially, you know, if there is a pullback. Uh, I have a price target on Amazon at $200 a share. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. One quick thing. My favorite company, Apple, has just been hit over the last month with a lot of negative reports. And, of course, some of those negative reports talk about Apple and not having artificial intelligence, which I have disputed. Today, Bank of America analysts came out and said, Apple has AI. And again, the same caveat with Apple, uh, as with Amazon, with Apple's earnings also coming up in a couple weeks. Talk to you next week. Sounds good, Josh. Talk to you then. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.